welcome to the Borealis Experience. I'm your host, Aurora, and I'm very delighted to have Kaleem Sikander with me today. He's a spiritual teacher, a man circle facilitator, and yeah, I connected with him over Instagram and was so touched and inspired by the posts and his work and the pictures that he puts out there that I had to contact him and have him on the show because I know what he's got to share is gonna change your life. I've never said that before on my interviews, but I know that his work is so powerful and helps men to reclaim their masculinity. We talk about warriorship, kingmanship, and women can learn to trust men again and to embrace divine masculinity. Thank you so much for making the time, for being here with me, for connecting with me, sharing your presence. Welcome to the show, Kaleem Sikander. Thank you so much. And that was a beautiful intro. Mm. That makes me very excited to talk right now. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. Um, first, I would like to have you share a little bit about your background, how you got interested in, in the work that you are doing right now, because I feel a lot of people who um, do this precious work nowadays had to go through some kind of pain or suffering previously um the more you share about this journey the better the, the better people can relate but you go as deep as feels comfortable for you of course of course um and you're absolutely correct they, my journey starts with lots of pain and suffering and wanting to go ahead and reclaim my life reclaim my masculinity um, it started with, uh, with me marrying a woman who was not of the same faith as me. She was Catholic. I was brought up in a Muslim household and my parents agree with that whatsoever. So they ended up disowning me and I had no contact with my parents, uh, my brothers and my extended family. And as I married her, I was also coming out of uh, law school. So I am a practicing attorney. Um, and this was the recession here in the United States, and I could not find any work. And she herself is a, uh, is a doctor. We're divorced now. And her life had started, and she was starting her rotations at the hospital. But I was looking for work, and I could not, I, I could not find anything. I was not making any money whatsoever. And uh, some time goes by, and my best friend passed away. Um, he was the one who was my biggest support in my life because I did not have any family. And it just so happened that two years earlier, another friend had passed away um, at the age of 24. And this friend passed at 26. And as time progressed, another person passed away um, about a year and a half later, two years. Uh, she ended up committing suicide. All my friends that were closest to me. And now I was in a marriage with no family, with all my best friends uh, deceased. Um, I was drinking every single day, every single day, just to numb and cope with the world and not want to be part of this world whatsoever. And things got so bad that I started being hospitalized 
for depression, for suicide attempts. And I ended up in partial hospitalization program so that I don't actually get hospitalized. Uh, but as I was in the partial hospitalization program and opened up to them regarding my struggles, they deemed me a risk. And since I was deemed a risk, and even, even though I did not give them consent, or really what I said was, I will go to the hospital, uh, but under my own terms, they involuntarily admitted me into the hospital. And once I got admitted involuntarily in the hospital, they diagnosed me with bipolar. That was the first time I ever got that diagnosis. I really do not agree with that. And you know, maybe we could discuss that later because I believe that's a diagnosis that they give to everybody when they cannot figure out what is going on. So I know there are gonna be many men who are listening to this and they have been given a diagnosis and it does not sit well with them. Um, I will tell you, continue with doing the work that you're doing and maybe not rely on that diagnosis. And we'll talk more about that. Um, I was in the hospital and look, I am an attorney. My logical mind was still there and I was in a point of danger and wanting to get out of the hospital. And I was able to figure out within a day and a half how to be released because they had the bill of rights and everything. And I called the, uh, the nurse that was in charge of, the, um, of that floor. And they were like, we can't really keep you here because um, they, didn't do, they didn't follow the proper procedures. Time goes by, my ex-wife um, still with me. She was like, Kaleem, you're not getting any better. Um, I have to divorce you. And apologies. Um, so my ex-wife, she said that she has to divorce me. And uh, I cycled into even deeper depression. Um, and finally, what ended up happening was that because I was so depressed, I did lose the job that I finally ended up acquiring. Um, I was on so many different medicines. I took a whole bottle of Welbutrin, drank all night long, um, and found myself in the hospital for six days in critical care. Um, I even had slipped my wrists because I was ready to go. I was done with life. Um, and as I was in the hospital, they forgot to give me my medicine, <laughs> um, which turns out worked out in my favor because they were giving me two different antidepressants, a uh, ADHD medication, um, a antipsychotic, and I was already starting to uh, get seizures from all the medicines that they were giving me. So they had put me on two anti-seizure medicines. And as I get out of the hospital, I realize I'm actually fine and more clear than I've ever been. Uh, the seizure, Caused me, I ended up having a seizure by taking the Velbutrin, caused me to lose a lot of memory and I was fuzzy, but I started to feel emotions again. And I ended up in Memphis, uh, in the South of the United States um, with my parents. And I had taken my dog all the way across country too. And remember I told you they're very conservative. They had come back into my life uh, at that point, And they told me, clean, you cannot have the dog in the house. Uh, so what I did was I was getting unemployment checks and I, I knew I had unemployment checks only for six months. I put him into a daycare, which was very um, close to the house. And I used all my money for that. And I had six months to go ahead and heal myself. <laughs> so that is where 
I learned that I need to figure out what these diagnoses are. Um, I started learning about meditation. I started learning about neurolinguistic programming mm-hmm. and all these different techniques. And I started to bring that into my life. That's how things started changing. Mm. Wow. I am so touched that, yeah, you share with us in such depth what, what your previous life, let's say, looked like, because I feel there was a moment where, yeah, you started, you, you pushed the reset button and you were able to start anew. And now you're out there empowering other men, other women and You, you turned the situation around like 180 degree, right? You were in pain, you were suffering. Maybe you saw yourself as a victim and now you live in this beautiful energy of, of a king, I would say, I want to say. Thank you. This is uh, truly touching and so inspiring and I have goosebumps all over and I'm sweating at the same time. Like, this is crazy. Um, Can we talk about your journey now towards um, feeling empowered again and empowering other men? Like, did you see something like besides your story that is very probably driving you and, and um, helping you to push forward and to find momentum um, at first? Did you notice something in society that told you that we need we need to make peace again? Men and women need to make peace again and men have to embrace masculinity again? There, in the beginning, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, so my turning point was at the age of 30. I'm 37 years of age. I started realizing that I just did not enjoy life whatsoever. Everything that I was taught, um, everything that I was told to do, it just didn't fit. Uh, I The marriage failed because I was told that I don't love her because I did not make money. That really destroyed me to be told that my love is attached to money. And that is a big masculine uh, kind of demand or prerogative of make money for your family. That's how you're seen as, as a man. Um, also, I was seen to, I used to be very fit um, before the marriage. And as time went by, I started losing that too. I, I, you know, my body wasn't strong anymore. I had gained a lot of weight. And that was just not, You know, I didn't think masculinity was all about physical appearance and providing money. So I had to explore that. I had to explore what love is. But as time started going by, I, um, so I wanted to figure out how to heal what was going on with me. Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Um, and... I just did not have any purpose. I did not have any spirituality in my life. I had no direction. I felt absolutely alone. I, I reached out to the Bar Association. Uh, they're the ones who monitor attorneys in New York State. And I asked for help from them. 
and they didn't have anything for me. Um, I, when I turned to the therapists, they sent me to psychiatrists and they over-medicated me. Um, I tried to turn to my family and they wanted me to do things their way. And I just didn't fall into the religious dogma of, you know, pray five times a day, fast, get married. Um, and of course the marriage is an arranged marriage. Those were just not things that I enjoyed. Um, so for me, I, I wanted to know what it, what is it that I'm doing in this world? Mm. I started to realize that I need to be driven. I need to have a purpose to be here. And as I found that purpose, I was like, wow, I'm here to serve. I'm here to be part of community. I'm here to enjoy this world. And I, I looked back and I was like, but why? Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? It turns out my father never gave me the tools to live in this world. Nobody taught me other than how to make money or go get a career, how to interact with women, how to raise children because he was not present. I went to boarding school. Um, so he's not the one who raised me. Uh, nobody... Ever, nobody ever instilled any type of sense of, you know, we are one being, we are a community that we need to cooperate. All those things were missing. And because I was struggling and I was so alone, I did not want any man to go through that. I did not want them to feel alone ever again and realize that there are other brothers, other men out there who can step up and help them and guide them. So Men's Circle started was because I almost died and I don't want anybody else to go through that ever again. Um, now with the circles, we have men of varying ages, 18 years of age, in their 20s, in their 40s, and even in their 50s. All of them have different issues going on, but one thing that is in common is that they're looking for a healthy masculinity. Yes. They're looking for support. They're looking for a safe place to go to where they could express their emotions and not be judged. Yeah. And I'm absolutely proud of what I have created. Ah, oh, you can be. You can be because your work is going to affect the whole globe um, because it's so necessary. You know, when 2018, I think it was when, when the Me Too movement started, Yeah, I felt relief at first because I was also very hurt and physically abused by a man in the past and I thought yeah this is good that women come out and and talk about what happened to them but afterwards there was a huge like empty space filled with anger and resentment yes and now this pendulum has swung, if you say that in English, mm -hmm. way too far off. Yeah. And women are suffering and men are suffering even more. And we are only focusing on what we don't want. And we don't really know what we want. We are scared of what we desire and want because we're still so traumatized From, from our past and from our ancestors and their pain. Mm -hmm. And 
what I love about your work is that you are not in that space. You are in the space of, of this forward thinking and acknowledging, accepting what has happened, not living in denial, yeah. but undigging the potential that is there already and helping people see what is inside of themselves already and what they just have to be courageous enough to express and, and show to the world. So you create a safe space for men. And I'm sure like you have saved so many men already from suicide and depression and, and anxiety. And um, it's just, uh, yeah, like I hope you receive all the recognition that you deserve for, for this work. Um, I would like to dive a little deeper into warriorship and kingmanship. I feel that you made you made a a distinction between those two energies. Um, can we talk about it, please? Sure. Um, and yeah, we're we're gonna focus on the king and warrior. We don't have time to talk on well more of this. Uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and say a a true masculine man is a benevolent king and a benevolent king is a good warrior, a positive magician and a great lover. Mm. So a king is all. So there is a distinction between the warrior and the king mm -hmm. because a king is a warrior, but a warrior is not necessarily a king. Yeah. You know, one big thing that I would like to say is that the warrior is necessary. We have to develop these traits, the lover, the magician, and the warrior before we can enter our kingdom, become the kings of our kingdom. And because of Me Too movement, because of the violence that men have committed, because of, honestly, all the violence is because of men. You know, uh, they're the ones who are doing it. It's not the women, who they're the victims in this. So good men, are turning away from their strength. They're turning away from physical activity or they don't want to seem, be seen as aggressors. Mm -hmm. But fact of the matter is the warrior is necessary. Who is gonna go ahead and protect the kind and the meek and the weak? Who's gonna have to take care of you know, the children, the animals, this planet? If we're gonna go ahead and give up our masculinity and not enter into our warriorship, we are not gonna break the cycle. You know, in fact, I am saying is to come into your warriorship, to be that warrior so we can protect the people who need protection. Mm -hmm. And if you do it the right way, if you do it with conscious thought and kindness, that warrior is there to defend, not to destroy. Mm. That's the last resort. And the warrior is also that um, part of you that is disciplined, that has purpose and is driven and is going to go far and succeed. We need that in men. Now, the king, who is a warrior, eh, he loves his community. He operates in such a way that the ego, the his own desires are secondary to a higher purpose. You can go ahead and have your own desire, your own ego, and your wants and your needs. But what you are trying to do is act in such a way that your whole community 
benefits. You know, it, and also to be a king, you do not have to be do community work. You can be a king within your small family unit. Take care of your spouse. Take care of your children. Do not abuse them. Love them. Raise them properly. Mm-hmm. It, that's all that a king is. And that king energy is so beautiful combined with the warrior. It's safe. It creates a beautiful container for the feminine to come into. And I would also want to remind the men who are listening to this, we have feminine qualities too. Qualities that that we want to express and enjoy, creativity, um, kindness. Uh, We want to receive. We consider these feminine qualities, but the fact of the matter is that we are both masculine and feminine. And when you have a great masculine container, it is very easy for the feminine to come out. And it does not take away your masculinity whatsoever. Mm. This is, uh, yeah, very powerful words and very beautifully described and, and, yeah, easy to understand. And at the same time, when I listen to you, I feel, yeah, women have to step up as well. A lot of women are ego-driven and uh, think they have to reject their femininity now in order to be able to compete with men and to not be suppressed and oppressed by men anymore. I visited a, a women's cycle here in Southern Alberta a couple of years ago, and I was shocked to, to hear that, yeah, it was all about self-massage and meditation and bathing, like bathing in, in essential oils. And at the end, it was just about how angry they all were about men and, and all the, all the you know, resentment feelings came up and, and then the circle was done and we all left. And, and I was like, well, this is not like, this is not what I thought what it's about. At Burning Man, though, I went to a women's circle and at the same time, there was a, a man's circle right in the tent next to it. And it was like, very primal and loud and and with the women it was very sensual and beautiful and how to receive the man and not take from the man and it was so beautiful but it made me realize that there's lots of different kinds of views when it comes to those healing circles right and and we have to pick and choose and we have to be aware that it has to be a step towards each other and not making the gap that is there already even bigger because this is not going to serve us. We need each other. We have to come back together. And, and I feel you and I, we see the great divide and we're doing everything to, to melt back together. Um, the time is running like usually when it's, when it's a beautiful, engaging interview. I have one last question for you. Um, if we have listeners out there, um, it might be men, it might be women who have brothers or um, a, a partner, um, what would you recommend is uh, the couple steps that they could take um, in order to make peace with themselves anymore, in order to see, yeah, aggression is not masculinity, it is not it has nothing to do with how you look 
and with how aggressive you can be. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say are like baby steps? And then last point, how can people contact you, reach out to you, and how can they find man circles that you would recommend here in North America? Mm. Um, a very good question. And uh, um, you said baby steps. Um, there are baby steps because there are certain things that we can do, such as number one, starting to take care of our body. I, I know this is going to sound so simple, but please hear me out with this one. Uh, remove alcohol. It takes you into a huge depression and whatever you're going through is just gonna make it worse. We, we do not need alcohol in our life. Um, I was, I'm three years sober now, I'm proud to be sober. It really created some havoc in my life and that's my first recommendation. Second is actually reduce caffeine also. It creates anxiety. <laughs> so please um, watch your caffeine cons uh, consumption. Third will also come with marijuana. I, I know I'm, I'm talking about things that take you out of your mindset, that take you out of your uh, awareness of who you are. So be very conscious about things you consume. Mm -hmm. um, four, check in with your body. Believe it or not, meditation is very, very important. Just sit for a few minutes, sit by a tree, sit in a comfortable place, sit with your thoughts. It's not about losing all your thoughts. It's just becoming aware, aware of your body. And one more thing I would have to say is seek good, healthy, masculine relationships. Yeah. Friendships that support you, that will challenge you to grow. You know who they are. The things that I spoke about that you should cut out or reduce, they're going to be the men who are already doing so. Mm. they're not going to go ahead and lead you in a direction where you're going to be consuming something that is going to take you out of your mind, out of your body. So find those men. Um, I will also say there's an expression, uh, do not throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, if you enjoy lifting weights, martial arts, um, running, or you enjoy just looking physically fit, please do so. We need to train our body and take care of ourselves. That helps release aggression and tension. And it is absolutely necessary to do so, right? So if you are backing away because you're afraid that you're gonna lose control, you're not losing control. Just make a conscious decision that you're doing something because you're enjoying it, mm -hmm. but you don't have to go into the violence of it. Uh, look at the Shaolin monks. They are only doing so so they could exercise their body and protect their temples just in case there was an attack. They're the most peaceful monks that are out there, but they are expert martial artists. So um, there are so many things. And I guess um, the other question was, how do you find a men's circle? Um, where, where are, it's in North America, right? So Meetup will have men's okay. circles, right? Go, go and find um, in your local uh, meditation, crystal shop, something a little bit, even library, they most likely will have a men's circle, all right? Um, I think there are larger men's circles, which I'm not part of, but Mankind Project 
is mm-hmm. the one that is popping out in my head. Um, what is the Sacred Brotherhood? Ah. Sacred Sons, yes. I think it is another one. It's a big, big men's circle. Yeah. But I'm also going to give you an invitation to reach out to me. Yeah. You know, I really would love that. And see if I can go ahead and get you connected with somebody who is local in your area. I have started to connect with many men from all over the world right now, all over the world. And they have men's circle that are in person and virtual. Mm. And many of them are also free. So, you know, do not hesitate to reach out to them. And a lot of the circles offer scholarships and help. And these are brothers that are trying to help. And if you're alone and you need somebody, we can, we can help. We can absolutely help. <laughs> oh, this is so beautiful. And yeah, what comes to mind when you talk about the, the exercising is to have the right intention, mm-hmm. right? To not do it for the wrong reason. And if you have the right intention, if it is self-care, then it is the right way. And with everything, it is with food, with alcohol we said we cut out but also relating to women yeah do you just want to you know dominate someone and and oppress someone or do you want to make a connection between you and and a woman and vice versa like intention is a big thing um a big takeaway from from this conversation with you here and for women who listen to also know that we can support our men and encourage them not not you know tell him oh join this man circle but when we sense that there is tendency towards this healing and reclaiming masculinity that we trust and that we Mm. encourage it when the man wants to take self-care and it is not alcohol abuse it is not like gambling or anything but if it's the intention to take care of himself that we give him that space to give space for the man to heal and to trust that it's going to serve the whole community, if not more people around. I feel that's very important to say too, because women are sometimes, yeah, more inclined to have self-care time. And when it comes to men, we always expect a lot and demand. And, and when they are laying on the couch and reading, we, nag <laughs> but to to allow that space and to know that men need that just as much as we need um Kalim, thank you so much for being here and and for sharing your story with us and your wisdom around um reclaiming masculinity you are deeply appreciated and um yeah i'm so happy to be connected and uh, to be publishing this show here soon. Thank you so much. This was such a pleasure. Thank you. Funny story here. As soon as we hung up, we started talking and came up with more stuff we wanted to talk about on the show. So we just extended. Here's part two of the interview. All right. So, you know, when you brought up the Me Too movement, that was... Hey, that really created tension between the masculine and feminine. Um, the teacher that I was with and uh, what's, what I didn't say was that I have been tra- training in spiritual studies for whew, years now. You know, um, this started at the age of 30 and now I'm 37 years of age. I'm still learning different modalities 
And I did take on a teacher and I'm so grateful that he came into my life. But there comes a time when you learn about yourself and you have to venture off, especially if the teacher is not clicking. Things didn't stop clicking with my teacher. Mm. Um, the reason why I'm saying is because he was very angry about the Me Too movement. You know, we said we, it was polarizing um, when that happened. A lot of women were angry and they were speaking up because a lot of violence was done against them. But many men were like, now we can't be even men anymore. You know, what is this? Every, they're always in fear. The fact of the matter is that if you're acting from kindness and consent and you're, you're operating in a way that you're supposed to operate, nobody's ever going to go ahead and, and blame you for doing anything. So wasn't that an opportunity to learn and be like, how can I be better? And it, it, was, it was an opportunity for dialogue with the men and women. How can we conduct uh, ourselves with each other? What is it that you need? Where is it the, the fault lies? Uh, many, 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 many men make mistakes, especially when they're under influence of alcohol. I bet you a lot of the, these violations occurred under influence of alcohol. Well, maybe that's a problem right there. Mm. You know, just because you're drunk, that doesn't mean it is okay. So you just, you know, you need to still control your behavior. Uh, you cannot just touch somebody without their consent. And there could have been more dialogue they could, you know, with the older generation, um, the older generation and the younger generation, because this is an opportunity for me to teach the next people, to the next, um, you know, the children who are growing right now. And I just think that we really, really need to reinvestigate what has happened and come together and figure out how we're going to move forward. Yes. Yeah. No, this is a very, very important addition. And I'm so happy that you asked for an extension here um, because I feel the men who got really upset, like really angry, are the ones that kind of were on a wrong path. And yes. thought this is like, we're talking about violence, about rape. And you say, oh, now I can't be a man anymore. Yeah. So that means that behavior was okay for you. That's actually what you're saying. That's the translation uh, that I'm getting here. And it is exactly the man that needed to hear and see what is happening when you behave off trail, right? Um, and I, I really love that you brought that up because what I've experienced is that a lot of men started becoming more aware and started asking these questions. Hey, what do men, uh, women really want? And, and how can we connect better? Um, and a lot of men were confused now. They didn't know, okay, but how can I talk to a woman now? And, and uh, I don't want to scare her off, but I want to show her that I'm interested. I want to impress her, but how do I not come off like a total creep and a weirdo. And so there was so much going on. And, and what I like observe to this day is that, especially in North America, when we talk about, let's say, catcalling, mm -hmm. the women here are so easily offended and are so, I don't care if I'm going to lose 
followers now, but are so um, aggressive towards playful, um, playful approach to connections, sensuality, intimacy, sexuality. And I'm still trying to make sense of this because in Europe, where I come from, from Germany, from, from France, um, it is very different. Like we're very touchy people, kissy people and um, catcalling. Yeah. When you, when you take a little care of your body, it is the norm. It is on a daily, you know, and we, find it funny we find we appreciate it sometimes we say hey like f off um but is it it is part of our culture and here i feel there's so much aggression um and towards men and i want to understand like are north american men really such creepers are they such bad people that they deserve that kind of treatment uh, did i misread something <laughs> Or is it women that are being too extreme and we have to dial down a little bit and relax a little more? Uh, if you want to add to this, please do. If you don't, if you want to protect yourself. No, I, no, I, I, I hear you. And, you know, I am of a different mindset regarding all these things because for me, uh, we had talked about the warrior king energy. Yes. When a man is in his masculinity, the women come to him. Mm. So these things, and it might sound advanced or weird, but I truly am telling you, a true warrior, he is not aggressive, but he is strong. Mm. And women flock to him because that's rare. It's absolutely rare. So I don't care about catcalling and playfulness and such, because if you're practicing your masculinity the proper way, you're getting everything that you want. <laughs> All right. I get it. You know, my, my focus when I teach classes, when I'm teaching my men, I don't even talk about the, about women. I talk about me as a man. What are you going to do? How are you going to improve yourself spiritually, physically, mentally? And as you do so, all those things just fall into place. It's, it's a non-issue. If you don't even think about it, it just happens. Yeah, yeah. That's what I... <laughs> I love that approach because I was focusing too much on the what I don't want and what I see that is not going well. And, and you pulled me out of this and show me, hey, you don't have to impress. You don't have to put on a show. If you are in your true you know, energy, if you are authentic, things are going to flow towards you and you don't yeah. have to do this whole theater. And um, yeah, it's, I don't know if you've ever been to Europe, but it's still very entertaining when you observe men and women there and lots of drama and, you know, lots of playfulness. And um, yeah, I was missing that a little bit when I moved to Canada initially, but um Man, this was a beautiful addition. That was a, a <laughs> big, big teaching for me as well. Is there anything you would like to add? Because now we got plenty of time. But if that's it, that's it. If there's something else. It's time to come together. That has been my message. 
we need each other. We don't need this divide. The men are stepping up. They are doing the work. The women need to have trust that they're doing the work. Mm-hmm. I know the feminine is in trauma right now. I am so sorry. I know I also don't represent every man, but as a man, I have seen what has happened. And even though I am not a violator, I feel it. I see it. I am observing it happening around me. I do not agree with it. And if it is going to happen around me, I'm going to do something about it as much as I can. Mm. So there are many men like me who feel the same way. And they will never, never allow this abuse and violation ever. And they want all the feminine to just be joyful again, to not have to worry about these things. And we're coming to you with respect, Mm. coming to you with partnership and knowing that the masculine and feminine needs to come together and do the work. And that's it. Nobody is better than the other. It's equally as important. Mm -hmm. This was a, a beautiful closing to this episode. Thank, Thank you. you so much for raising the hand that you wanted to add something. I'm so grateful for those additional 12 minutes here. I wish you a wonderful rest of your day. And yeah, we stay connected. And I will make sure to have your contact in the show notes so that people can reach out to you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.